Mark your calendars and join all your ACB friends June 17th for the ACB Summer Auction. It's going to be a fun night of friends and fundraising for ACB. Some of our ACB leaders will be auctioning off items such as crafts, collectibles, jewelry, vacations, and food. It all gets underway at 7 p.m. Eastern on Zoom and ACB Media. But you can get a head start on all the fun with the Appetizer Auction, June 15th and 16th. To find out more, get in touch with Leslie Spoon by emailing Leslie Spoon at CFL.RR.com. That's Leslie Spoon at CFL.RR.com. Get ready to get bidding at the ACB Summer Auction, Saturday, June 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Zoom and ACB Media. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to Herbie's Cooking Corner for June 6, 2023. I am Herbie Allen. Coming to you this week, not from the friendly confines of my uh, kitchen or studios, but from uh, Marysville, Washington, where I'm visiting my family for the next month. But uh, that's okay. We've got calls lined up. The location may have changed. The time may have changed for me anyway, but the call still happens. And uh, joining me, as always, from across the pond is our very own uh, Twinkling Tori. Hello, Tori. Hello, Herbie. Are you trying to get further away from me or something? Well, yes. You know, um, it's better if I look at you from a distance, you know. Um, But we're in virtual land, and you don't like people anyway, so I thought I'd be... Oh, I wasn't saying it was a problem. Oh, okay, okay. Just making sure, you know, because I thought I was actually doing you a favor, so... uh, Yeah, you are. That's what I thought. I'm going to actually go to Australia next, you know, because isn't that... Or is that close? No, I guess so. No, that's even further. You're fine. You can go there. Okay. Also, okay. it's too hot for me there, too. So. All right. Well, now, folks, if you don't want Tori to come after you, go to Australia. If that's not convenient, just go to Arizona. All right. And uh, speaking of Arizona, we've got a very special guest with us today. She's been on a couple of cooking calls before, and um, we're going to have her on, I think, at least one more after this one, maybe two. Yep, all right. Definitely have her booked up for one more. And the best part, too, is she's doing this for free. We didn't actually have to pay her or anything. Oh, 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 you will get a bill. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will give she, you... She just hasn't had time to write up the okay. bill. She... <laughs> I, I, yep, I have to have the experience and then bill you. Well, it's, it's called... Based on you... that. It's called if you go to PayPal and you go to <laughs> request payment and type in Tori's address. <laughs> uh oh, she's even got my address. I exactly. do. In other words, the checks in the mail, Kayla. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. just after you ask for it, and the Tori will pay it in about five years. Uh, we're behind on our bill payments to all, all our right. guests. And uh, we be got interest added then. Yep. Um, now, one person, we think she didn't do it to get away from Kayla, but we can't be too sure as we got Dazzling Desi as our host today, who used to be in Arizona, and then all of a sudden, you know, just plop, landed smack dab in the, I don't know if it's the middle of Tennessee or not, but... Uh, it actually well, is, yes. All right, well, there you go. Um, but no, you- it had nothing to do with... Uh, it, the saddest thing was moving away from Kayla, but 
You know, I just got to re- tell you real quick because it's food related. My first memory of Tennessee is uh, when we moved, came from Ohio to Florida um, after moving here to the States, we stopped in Nashville and we stopped and we had breakfast at the Waffle House. And I was five at the time. When I heard about the Waffle House, I was like, what? Is this like a house made out of waffles? So, uh, <laughs> um, Actually, I was four. So there you go. Um, and that's my first memory of Tennessee, aside from the hotel. Um, and uh, also hanging out with us. Um, who in a country that used to be owned by England, but you know they said uh, away but from you guys. Then they saw sense. Yeah, they I saw know. sense, and the uh, Tori's husband actually left it to go uh, be with her in Wales. So I don't know. That's which but, is not England. No, and and sometimes he hangs <laughs> his hat in Tennessee half the time. Darcy, hi, Darcy. Hello. This is the long. Is there even time for cooking? This is the long. <laughs> this is there good. This is. is good. Keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> If my guess does keep on going, then that's good. No, so he's from the opposite side of Canada to my husband, though. Okay, opposite side of Canada. Oh, so is he avoiding your husband? Or is your husband avoiding him? I mean, that's anyway. Well, my husband um, doesn't know who he is yet, so I don't. Oh, know. oh, wow. Um, well, make sure you should. I'm surprised he doesn't because with all that screaming that's happened with my double Yahtzees and all that in Dice World, you know. Uh, um, yeah, I'm surprised you guys haven't heard him. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I've heard him, or maybe just in my head. But you know what, guys? Um, so we've got those two taking care of you in Zoom and Clubhouse today. So um, very good. All right. So on that note, we are actually going to turn things over to the guest of honor, Miss uh, Kayla Allen. No relation to me, by the way. But... Uh, um, I did real. I, I actually did not know until this. It would be fine if she was related to her. It it would be fine, yes. Um, but uh, anyway, I didn't actually. You know, it would actually be funny though because it would be a problem because even though we're both the same age, we have different birth dates. So like, I that that wouldn't be possible to. Yeah. Anyway, I won't. Well, never mind. You you're probably related somewhere down well, the line. Well, you would have to be related to my husband because. Exactly. Yeah, so you and my husband would have to be related, not me and you. Okay, fair, true, good point there. <laughs> but oh, they, they probably are somewhere down the line, because probably, you know, I don't. But know. just several generations. Maybe you're distant cousins and don't even know it. Maybe. All right. Well, cousin Kayla. Um, on that note, uh, cousin I'll Kayla by it. relation. Let's uh, <laughs> get out of trouble, shall we? Has um. She is going to talk to us about uh, her ways of organizing the kitchen, and uh, we always love to hear from other people's perspectives on here and the way she does things, and we might actually learn a thing or two, and who knows, maybe we might even use some of these techniques in a future call. I don't know. So with that, uh, take it away, Kayla. All right, Cousin Herbie by default. Uh <laughs> All right. So um, my plan today is I, I kind of was going to go over a little bit how I organize my kitchen, um, some of my favorite tools and how I use them and how I kind of gather my recipes and some cooking tips um, once I am in the kitchen and getting ready to cook. So um, I've kind of outlined it in that format. So that's what you guys have to look forward to. Um, I would love for you guys to be very interactive. Um, if you do something I do a little bit differently, I would love for you to share that with me because um, a lot of the things that I, the way I do them is because that 
is the way I stumbled into it for the most part. I didn't really have um, official training on cooking and stuff like that from a blindness perspective. And so if you have a better way, an easier way, please share that because I am always willing to learn and change the way I do things. So without further ado, um, the most important thing for me in my kitchen is everything having a place. Um, this was really easy to do um, before I had kids, <laughs> before I got married, and it was me. It was my kitchen. No one else used it. So I've had to make a couple of adaptations um, kind of once I started sharing my kitchen um, with my kiddos who both now cook as well as my husband because um, I put it in its place, but that doesn't mean next time I go back, it's going to be in that exact same place. Um, and that's, I, I miss that. I miss knowing that, you know, I could reach here and grab what I wanted. Um, they are pretty good about leaving things where they are. Um, but yeah. So the first tip I have is keeping items close to where you're going to use them. Um, so for me, um, right next to my oven, to the right of my oven, I have a small drawer that I keep all my hot pads and um, gloves and those types of things in so that it's convenient. I don't have to go look for them. I don't have to walk across the kitchen. It's right there at hand. And um, after I use them, I always put them back in the drawer, um, even if I know I'm going to use them again during that meal prep um, or taking things out of the oven, those types of things, just because then I, again, if I lay them on the counter and I walk away and then I'm like, oh, my timer's going off and oh my, where are my hot pads? So I'm really good at putting those back in the drawers right there so I know where they're at. Um, so I kind of have my kitchen set up um, in sections. So I kind of have a baking area um, or where I have like my KitchenAid mixer, um, my container of flour, I keep that up on the counter because I use it often. Um, those things that I do use often, I keep in my kitchen um, because I do have a separate um, a cabinet or closet um, pantry, that's the word, in my laundry room. So the things I don't use often, um, say rice and those types of things that I'm only gonna use specifically maybe once a week or less, I keep them in the other in there so that um, so that the things I need are there at hand easily. And I'm not having to run back and forth all the time to figure out what I need. Um, I use contact paper to label my items in um, my cabinet. So my different seasonings and stuff like that. So I go to the dollar store and I buy a roll of contact paper. And this con the roll, the last roll I bought I was probably like three, four years ago. Um, so a little bit goes a long way. Um, I'm able to cut it into strips and then um, I can put it in my Perkins brailler and I can braille on it. And I find that this sticks to things better than the dyno tape does. And so I will use it to label, and I just cut up a bunch of strips and have a stack of strips by my, my Braille writer. Um, so it's easy. Um, the other cool thing about these is often I'm able to reuse them. I'm able to peel them off of one container and then put them onto a new container when I um, run out of something and need to replenish it. So that's kind of cool. Um, it also does stick onto like plastic bags when I put them in the freezer. 
um, a lot better than other things that I have found. So I can put, I can mark um, leftovers. What are they? When did I make them? Um, because, you know, it. once I get in the freezer, my hands get cold. Um, I have a deep freezer. That's a chest freezer. Um, someday I would love to have a stand-up freezer. But once I get in there and I'm starting to touch stuff, my hands get cold and I can't feel through the bags always what it is. So the dyno tape works really well for that. So um, my oven is labeled with bump dots as well as my microwave. Um, and I only have the buttons that I used marked. Um, so <laughs> um, being very helpful, um, Jimmy once, had, when I we got the oven, he put them on all of the buttons. And for me, that was overwhelming. So I took them off of all the buttons eventually that I didn't use um, because I didn't need them marked. And it was just too many, too much stuff to remember. So for me, less is better on the labeling of, of those buttons um, that I just like, I don't need the timer, the timer buttons um, marked because I don't use the timer on the oven and those types of things. And um, so like on my microwave, I have the pop button labeled, the numbers, um, the 30 second, the start, the clear, and the one minute is all I have marked on my microwave because anything else I can set myself and um, I, yeah. So that's kind of sometimes less is, is better with those types of things. Um, so my, my spices and herbs, um, those types of things, again, I use the, the same method of labeling those I talked about before with the, the um, contact paper. And I keep them in a cabinet because I use them often. I keep them in a cabinet up to the right of my oven so that when I am cooking, I can just reach for it and get it and it's right there. Um, the, the items I use most often, salt, pepper, garlic, onion, are on the lower shelf. And then the items that I don't use as often, the seasonings that are more specialties, such as dill and those types of things, I keep in the next shelf up um, because I'm short. So I put the stuff I need closer to me. Um, but it helps me when I'm trying to go through and figure out what I want. Um, I kind of know, oh, this would be on this shelf because I use it often and this one would be up on there. So it kind of give me an idea of um, where to go with that. Um, before I had children and had to sh share my kitchen, I used to keep my spices all in alphabetical order um, so that I could find them quicker, but I gave up on that idea quite quickly. <laughs> so, um, um, I have most of my utensils in a contain, like a, um, it's like a, a glass container that sits on my countertop. So my spatulas and spoons, um, a whisk, my favorite ones all, all live in there. Um, and then so that, again, once when I'm at the stove and I'm cooking, they're right there to the left of my oven. I can grab what I want. I don't have to go searching through a drawer, um, especially like when you're trying to flip something and you forget to grab it out. Um, when <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever do that, but I definitely have. 
and then I know it's right there. I do not um, have any specialty. I don't have, I don't use like the double spatula or anything like that. Um, I just use regular spatula. So I know that I just use a regular they one exist. Um, I've tried them. I did not like it nearly as much as, you know, I, I'm cool with touching my food when I flip it. It's easier for me. Um, I may put the spatula under it, put my other hand, you know, a fingertip on the top of it while I flip it type of a thing. I am a very hands-on cook. So um, that is just easier for me to kind of judge and know what I'm doing and making sure it actually got flipped over, um, especially like when you have a couple chicken breasts in the um the pan, I can tell, well, that one obviously is not cooked on that side. So that one did not get flipped over. And so I might touch with the tip of my finger. Um, so I will also say I wash my hands a lot. So anytime I'm I the touch same anything. Way. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. I don't own a double spatula either. Um, because I, when I learned to cook, they weren't so easily available and it's just easier for me to use the method that I'm used to. And also I'm very hands-on and find it easier to tell what I'm doing if I get my hands in there. So I think for me, this may be one of those results of just being blind since birth, because I always did terrible at balancing with a spatula. I mean, and I would use the hand finger method, you know, obviously, and even with the double spatula, I do, but I found that the double spatula would let me get a better grip on things. And but did you learn to cook with the double spatula? Nope. I actually first learned, I, I didn't. For several years, I did use the regular spatula, and then when I learned about the double spatula, it was like such a revelation to me. Um, That's awesome. That's why I like the conversation is because our, you know, we all feel comfortable with different things. Right, and yeah. I can still feel with the double spatula the, you know, like the top, you know, like I do a lot of frying, for instance, and so I can still tell a difference. Um, with how things feel between the two sides, but I just mm -hmm. find it I can grip things better that way, and. Um, but I, and I, of course, I have no actual like vision. You know, I have light perception. That's not usable vision. So I think it's to do with like the balance <laughs> concept. And, uh, and I think too, also back when I started cooking, you know, they really, of course, don't encourage you to use your hands. But over the years, I realized that, you know what, they mean well and I get why they teach things that way. But sometimes, uh, you gotta be more hands on than what, might make people comfortable, at least in my experience. So they usually tell yeah, me I don't not to have my people hands sit well, and watch but... me cook. <laughs> yeah. no, if I'm cooking, I, I tell people, even my husband, I tell him, get out of my kitchen. I, and yeah. if he insists on staying, I say, look, am I cooking or are you? Because if I'm cooking, you get out. Otherwise, you're doing it because I don't oh like God. to be watched because they're God. like, don't touch it. Like, yeah, well, this is the way that works for me. Yeah. yeah, but I do find that the double spatula, like I said, I, I just get a better grip on things. And of course, you've seen me use it, but I do still use the hands on method, too, because I will check myself, make sure everything is flipped, make sure everything is spread out, that type of thing. Some things I just don't get with the double spatula. So I let it do like the bulk of the work. And have I burned myself over the years? Well, of course, it just happens. But, you know, that's life. Uh, I think <laughs> I'm. So the whole burning your th yourself, that is just, that does not have anything to do with being visually impaired. No, or no it does not. That is an everything, very universal. We, we I might actually say, be more careful. burn yes. themselves more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
That's, you know, and that's, that's the funny thing is a blind cook could actually technically be more responsible than a sighted cook because we have to be more careful. And so we, yep. I, th I think we just need to start hovering over the sighted people and, you know, um, all that. But anyway, that, that, that that's another call for the blind revolution. We, we won't go there. Today. <laughs> so shall we see if there's any questions at this point? Yeah, let's do that. All right, so in Zoom, raise your hands and Clubhouse hit that request to speak button and let's get things rolling. Who have we got first? Hello, iPhone. Don't know if it's a, somebody named iPhone or if it's just actually Siri wanting to interject something in here. Or... But I've away. <laughs> Hi, what's your question? <laughs> I believe that's me and I don't know why my phone is being this oh, way. Oh, it's doing that anyway. again, is it? <laughs> uh, you, yes, you're probably not logged into again. Zoom. That would be why, so. All right. Um, Normally, you're Spider Woman, so yeah, no, no, she, 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 you really are crafty because you, you spin a web of deceit. Nobody knows who you are. Anyway, <laughs> yes. Anyway, yeah, I got, I got to get my tech on that problem. But, um, like Kayla, our popcorn button is always marked on our microwave, <laughs> and we have the start. We have the clear. Um, our start is also the 32nd button, and then we oh, have, fine. I think, the potato and the number five labeled. Yeah, I my have the numbers labeled as well. I guess I should have said that. My microwave, the, the, the start button is a 32nd button, and the more times you press it, the more it adds 30 seconds to it. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. You, so uh, nine times out of 10, I just basically, however many minutes, I like if I want two minutes, I just yep. press that button four times and I'm good. Yep. Yep. That's what I do. My, mine is a talking microwave, so I don't need to label the buttons, but uh, I used to have certain buttons labeled on the old fashioned. Uh, I had the, a talking, talking microwave. Things. I killed it. Somebody no. forgot to tell, I was making sausages for my brother and somebody forgot to tell me that when you're defrosting and cooking sausages in the microwave, you do not put it on the regular thing and not turn them. Oops. Ooh. Oops. You have to defrost them first and also turning them does help. There was so it much does, smoke yes. that there was smoke in next door's house too. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, keep in mind, guys, they have attached houses over there too, so it's a little bit more... Uh close-knit yeah. them so that I do have you know one other thing that we just learned about um yep if you put frozen broccoli in the microwave in a tupperware container and you try to defrost it be aware that it might throw plasma balls around in your microwave and it will yeah. smell like it's burnt so we got to figure out if we actually you have, have to put some water works in anymore. there yeah, you have to put some water in there if you're doing that. I've yeah, usually you put a couple of tablespoons of water, and then I also will put a damp paper towel over the top of it. See, when you do that you, kind of thing, you don't kill the microwave, but when you just like put something on a plate and then think, ah, it'll be fine, just give it extra time, that's how you kill microwaves. No, this actually made the sun inside the microwave. Nick said, this made the sun inside the microwave. It was, it was so oh. bright, I couldn't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was it was interesting and uh yeah anyway all right well i'll let you guys get back all right okay we do have another hand irene 
Hi, Irene. Good morning, everyone. I'm from Pennsylvania. Good night, Irene. Oh, I mean, oh, sorry. Good morning. He <laughs> just has to be awkward. Don't mind him. Well, yeah. in Tori's case, it is almost good night to Irene. But anyway, I digress. Welcome. Welcome. Okay. Kayla, when you were talking about using contact paper for labeling, do you use clear or is there white or how do you do? So your I do use clear because um, I have sighted people in my home. So if I accidentally put over what it actually is, they can see it. Okay. So, so that's why I chose clear. But you can you can get it in white. But black. yeah, you can get it even like flowery and all mm -hmm. kinds of different patterns. You know, this but, gives me some ideas. But. If you're ever in a situation where people don't want to do accessible labels for you, you should just get like the flowery contact paper and uh, put it over the thing that needs labeling. And make sure you and, cut a piece that's just a bit bigger than you needed so it covers the whole thing. Yep. Yep. And then let, let them have to be the one to fight for accessibility, you know. Okay, anyway. Thank you. That's a good idea though, about the contact paper. Good revenge for my pharmacy who decided to put my name and address sticker over the Braille label on my box. Well, that's really nice of them. Yeah. My Braille instructor is the one who gave me the idea for the contact paper because I'm like, these dino tape just won't stay on yeah, what I no. put it on. And she said, go to the dollar store and get you know, the contact paper and it's great. Like I just use a pair of scissors and cut it into strips. And then, like I said, just load it into my Braille writer and Braille amount yeah, and then take a could, pair of scissors and cut it apart. And you could, I guess you could pretend those strips are dollars. I had a problem once. I really, I tried going to the dollar store and I couldn't buy any dollars. So. Aw. Mm. That's because they're $1.25 now. Oh, that's why. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. We do still have another hand. All right. That, that belongs to Musi. Good morning. Good Hi, morning, Musi. No, I had to listen when I saw it was about organizing. <laughs> anyway, I have a couple of questions. One is that defrost. Now, you have to play with the time. Like a frozen bagel, to me, is defrost 22 seconds. But if it's uh, – anyway, I want your advice about uh, – do you just experiment with defrosting? You just keep testing if it defrosts it or not? It's best in to do microwave. it in small increments of time if you're not sure how long it takes in yours because how long it takes depends on A, exactly how solidly frozen it is, B, right. what it is, and C, what, um, what the is strength your of your microwave. The strength of your microwave, yeah. yes. Do you use defrost very often or do you just let no. it defrost naturally? I don't. I don't I either. No. I, I very rarely do. It's just that I don't normally... The reason I was doing it the time that I killed the talking microwave yeah. is that I was doing something for somebody else. Because uh, um, I don't but, even eat meat, so I wouldn't normally be dealing with sausages. Uh -huh. um, but I don't very... I, I don't usually bother. I just... If I want something for tomorrow, then I'll get it out and defrost right. it okay. today. Okay, yep. okay. Or I'll just one, cook it. Okay, go ahead. Or cook it from frozen, yeah. <laughs> This is about cleanup. Do you have a towel just for your hands and a towel for wiping, um, you know, surfaces? I mean, how do you handle cleanup? I use a washcloth for wiping surfaces myself. Um, I don't too. use a towel. So. Washcloth for wiping surfaces and a towel for my hands. And then I put them to the wash after I'm done and put fresh ones out. So you have two separate. I do two. One for my hands and one for other things. Yep. And okay. what were you going to say, Kayla? 
Um, I was going to say I do that. Um, and later when I, I was going to mention, um, I always start with a sink of soapy water when I'm uh-huh. cooking. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so that I can wipe things down. If it's like a really sticky spill, I might dampen up some paper towels uh-huh. um, and, and wipe it up with that um, so that I can just throw it away rather than, you know, getting my washcloth all. The thing, you know, I've always I, wondered about that because I've always wondered, okay, like with the sink of soapy water, let's say you're dealing with raw meat. I mean, don't the germs... I mean, I guess you hope well, the soap well, kills the germs. I mean, those are not necessarily going to be then considered washed. You just use that while you're doing the food prep and then you wash them again later. Right. right. Yeah. So um, everything goes in the dishwasher, but I have two sides of my sink. So one side can be soapy water and uh, then and I do it on the the garbage disposal side um, just uh-huh. in case, yeah. you know. So once I'm done with something, I just toss it in the sink. Uh-huh. And for those okay. of you then, that have a dishwasher, consider yourselves lucky. So. I know, right? Why? Because we don't. he does not, apparently. No, because <laughs> I do not have a dishwasher. Oh, no. He is the dishwasher. I am. Well, we, we have a dishwasher. It's somebody that helps us out from time to time. But uh, that's not a real dishwasher. Well, that is a dishwasher, but not the the elect- you know, the actual. Uh, Occasionally, yeah, not- I have a dishwasher called Kelly. Um, but nine times out of ten, it's me who does the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, say was uh, I don't on... use the paper towel method because I don't like to go through we... too many paper towels. I like to use something that can be washed and reused if I can. So totally understandable. Do we have? Did you say we have another hand, Jazzy? Uh, no, there are no more hands right now. Okay. Yeah, All so. right, then let's go back to uh, Kayla, your presentation. All right, so my refrigerator inside of there. Um, I, I try to organize my fridge so like items are together. Um, so I have, uh, I, I think most people would have a vegetable drawer and a fruit drawer to kind of separate those two. Um, my fridge also has a third drawer that is... Um, where I keep my cheeses and lunch meats and those types of things. It's a longer, um, skinnier drawer, uh, shorter, I'll say shorter drawer than the other two. Um, and then I keep like all, like if I have sour cream and yogurts and those types of things, dairy has its own shelf, um, and, and so on and so forth. I'm not going to go through my entire fridge. Um, but those types of things so that, again, when I'm looking for my ingredients, I kind of have a direction of where I'm going and where I'm looking and not having to search through an entire fridge of, um, of the, you know, of items to kind of find what I'm looking for. I do so, the same thing with the added extra of the fact that my husband and I have separate fridges because of him having real dairy and me not. So I even know which fridge I'm going in depending on whose food I'm feeding to. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, we have our non-dairy um, milks and stuff all in the same fridge, but they are, they do come in different containers, uh, shaped yeah. containers, so it's easy to tell apart. So, um, that's kind of my fridge. Um, I didn't do too much on that. Um, my, my dry ingredients, such as my flour, my sugar, um, those types of things, I store in um, their own containers, not so once I get a bag of flour or sugar, I pour it into another container. Um, and I was able to find containers that have wide mouths so that I can for my sugar, the it's big enough, I can 
put in a one cup, I can scoop it out type of a thing. For my flour, since flour is not scooped and you have to kind of mix it up, fluff it up, and then spoon it into the measuring cup, I have a rectangular shaped um, container for that so that I can hold the measuring cup over the top of the container, scoop it in, and then I can take this, the handle of my spoon that I'm scooping with and drag it across the top and have any excess flour go back into the container. Um, I have found that to be, it is worth the investment of doing that and they're not even that expensive, um, but it really, if you, you don't wanna pack your flour so you can't, it, you're not supposed to scoop it really. So I found that the rectangular shape container for the flowers um, work a lot better. So I have one for wheat flour and one for all purpose flour that are the same. Um, they also have handles on them. So it's kind of nice um, that I can, you know, I can pick it up and move it to where I want to be. Because um, often when I'm measuring things, I'm doing it over either the sink, if it's liquid, or I have a tray that I will put it on. And just in case I spill, um, that I can just take that tray over to the sink and dump it into the sink or into the trash, depending on what it is. And um, kind of have uh, my mess contained. I'm messy. I will tell you that. So um, that is one way that I've kind of I've figured out um, to kind of contain my mess so that I don't come back later and find, oh, there's a pile of flour here kind of in the corner that got pushed back um, that I missed when I was cleaning up type of a thing. If you if you can tell, that's happened before. So keep, kind of keeping it all contained on a tray is really helpful. So a couple of things uh, real quick. Um, so yeah, like one, like I'll do a tray or I'll also try to do things over the bowl, but I'm really curious about something you mentioned. You said that we're not supposed to scoop our flour. Uh-uh. It's supposed to be spooned in, um, because if you pack it, you're getting actually more flour than the rest, unless it says to pack it, you're not uh. supposed to, to scoop your flour. You're supposed to spoon it in and then level it off on the top so that, um, you'll, it, you're, if you're scooping it, you always, I mean, it's probably not a huge deal. I mean, if you're doing one cup, you get a little bit of extra flour. But when I'm making bread and it I'm using up. six cups, um, your bread or your items will come out drier because you have more um, right. dry ingredients than the recipe actually calls for. That's a good thing with how um, we do it, where we do it in grams or ounces, because you, you just tip it into the bowl on, on top of the scales. Yep. Um, so it doesn't get packed at all. All right. Well, I guess I need to do more pouring than the scooping. I, I usually end up doing that anyway because it's harder to scoop sometimes the bigger cups in my flour container. Who thought that that was a good thing, huh? I know. Yeah. We do have a hand. All right. All right. Cheryl, good night. Good morning. Did you say that you had more than one thing, Herbie? Okay. Okay. Oh, good there you are. Cheryl. There you are. Okay, I'm sorry. I kept tabbing, and for some reason, I couldn't find it. You're good. We got you. Okay, I think I just it dawned on me that y'all were talking about organization in the kitchen. Where will I find this podcast? <laughs> they are where all the other cooking corner podcasts are. If you go to acbmedia.org and you go to podcasts and um, go to the ACB community, you'll find it there. 
I uh, need to get back into getting these calls uploaded to the YouTube channel, and um, you will find that link in the email or just search for the Herbie's Cooking Corner playlist on the YouTube. Okay, Herbie's Cooking Corner. Okay, so if I go to acbmedia.org, I arrow down to uh, what now? ACB Community? Podcasts, and then ACB Community. So push enter on Podcasts, and then uh, enter on uh, ACB Community. Yes. Okay, because a lot of times uh, some some of the podcasts I wanted to listen to I couldn't find, and I thought, well, maybe they just you have to them. give them time. Sometimes they're not immediately uploaded, so you have to be patient. Yeah, yeah. it's all done by volunteers. I understand. I understand yeah. completely. So you all are talking about organizing your kitchen and stuff like that. Yeah, and t- just different tips and tricks that I found that help cooking a little bit easier for me. Uh huh. Well, um, I like the idea that I had a re have instructor tell me to put all the tools out on the tray so that I have everything that I need and then it's not just spread out, you know, random, randomly. And I got in late, so I got her on the talking about the flour. Y'all recommended just spooning it into the cup rather, yeah. than, scoop, rather than scooping it. Yeah. Um, do, do you all have any ideas about? Every night, for some reason, of course, I have a lack of peripheral vision. Uh, I, not every night, but frequently, I leave food out on my counter. And I don't intend to do that. Do y'all have any suggestion to do it? The only thing I know to do is just uh, kind of feel along and uh, the counter at night and just be sure anything is left out. Do y'all have any any suggestions about that? And of so, course, I leave, I leave it out just because I don't see it. Yeah. So other than kind of just running your hands over the counters, I don't, if you, so say I, I make a meal and I put it in the container, the leftovers in the container, um, but it's too warm still to put in the fridge. I set an alarm on my lady A, so I don't forget to go put that in the fridge. Okay. I will do that. So that's one trick. Um, yeah. So if I have to leave something to come back, I guess I'm not going to see it there sitting on the counter later in the evening. And now, so I always set a reminder for myself. So what I've done before, if I need to put something in the fridge later, is I put it in the microwave. Yes, but I do put, put it in the microwave and then set a timer. So yeah. I was actually told um, several years ago by somebody that actually has gone through the the food safety thing that it is actually okay to uh, put warm things in the fridge. So It kind of is officially for su- food safety, but it does cause problem with condensation and can then make some other stuff, right. i.e. fruits and vegetables, ripen too quickly. Right. Right, you know, the ones that... The so the depending on what you're making, you know, you might just be able to put it already in the fridge. And the other thing, too, is just when you're making something, just make it a habit of putting everything away as you're going along. So if you take yeah, down do the flour... I do, too. It's just like if I serve a meal and I'm going to share it with some friends that are over here, you know, because sometimes they, you know, what my friend uh, likes vegetarian cuisine, but he'll try something with meat, you know, to take right. it in. You know, and I just leave it out for him to try it. And, and then sometimes I just forget to either get distracted or something. And so that's yeah. that, That's where, you know, setting that's reminders can be a good friend. idea. You know, go right. check on, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, we, that's very good. Very, very good to know. All right. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank okay. You we do have another hand. Abraham. All right. Hi, Abraham. 
Hi, um, I just wanted to say the ACV podcast's link is in the community uh, email um, schedule right at the bottom. Um, All right, and, very good. Then uh, I want to uh, also ask, so I don't know if it's a thing of being blind late in life, but with working with plugged in appliances like a um, the immersion blender or a beaters, uh, I always lose track of that wire. Um, and sometimes they get into the batter or something. Um, any tips? Um, hold, <laughs> right, keep your hand positioned so that you hold the wire um, at a certain angle so that you can keep track of where it's heading to. Like I, I actually often sometimes like put it over my wrist that like yeah, that's the hand that's holding say. put it over your okay. wrist because then you should be keeping it up. Okay. And yeah, I think I think it I, I think it's just something that everybody has the problem with whether you lose your sight early on or later, um, losing track of wires and things. But yeah, loop it over your wrist and um be aware of it like let it touch your hand because then you'll always remember to keep track of where it is okay okay thank you it that's what i would i do the same thing is i just kind of have it go over the top of my arm or my hand and um yeah all right so all right anybody else all right so um i said um so I kind of went over my dry ingredients and how I stored those. Um, my wet ingredients are liquids, um, oils, vanilla, those types of things. Um, I actually pour those into mason jars that I label. Um, and the reason I did that is um, rather than trying to pour um, from a container of oil, I am able to just take my measuring cup, tip the jar a little bit and scoop out whatever liquid I am wanting to um, measure out um, with the measuring spoons. And so for one, I, I you know, once I, I run out, I can just refill that container. I will often, um, especially with oil, I'll rinse, I'll rinse out the jar. Um, and before I put in the new ingredients, because oil can spoil um, and you don't want to ruin your new oil you're putting in. Um, but I found that to a lot easier to scoop it out with the measuring cups rather than trying to pour the liquid um, directly over the bowl or bringing it um, to the sink. Um, another thing I do, like if I am measuring out water, um, which is obviously I'm getting it from my sink, um, I bring the container over to the, that I'm gonna put the water into, I bring it over to the, the sink with me. Um, so that I'm not trying to carry a cup of water across the kitchen to whatever I'm trying to put it in, whether it's a pan or anything like that. Of course, by the time you get there, you might have half a cup of water. Yeah, I will. I will because I have a really hard time keeping things flat. Um, and in, in, you know what I mean? Like I can't, it'll be tipped a tiny bit and I think it's flat, but it's mm -hmm. really hard for me to do that. So even if I'm taking the pan off the oven for a second, because I need to add a wet ingredient to it, um, I will do that. And I'll just put a hot pad holder on the counter right next to the sink, set the pan on it, add the milk or liquid that I measured out over the sink, and then bring it back over to the, um, the stovetop so that I know I'm not over pouring. Because once it's in there, I can't really take it out. 
um, and for especially with baking, um, your your wet and dry ingredients, it, it's more scientific um, mm-hmm. that you have to have this, you know, whatever amount of liquid you can switch out the liquids, but you need X amount of liquids and X amount of dry ingredients for this to come out. Um, yep. With your cooking, um, like uh, most other cooking outside of baking is pretty flexible though. So <laughs> from what I've found. And being able to put your pans down wherever is why my worktops are covered in worktop savers, which can t- withstand heat. So I can actually put the pan on them, even if it's just come off the burner. Oh, that's awesome. So, so yeah, so the glass jars are, are really great. Um, you, I just keep them in the cabinet up with my spices, the smaller amounts, and mine are pint size. So they're not huge. All right, let me see. Okay, um, uh, oh, Cheryl, go Cheryl Goodnight has her hand up again. Yeah, go ahead, Cheryl. Okay, can y'all hear me now? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, back to your mason jars. I think that's a great idea, like with the olive oil. Uh, what type of label do you label it with the Braille on, say, putting the Braille tape on the index card? So um, I do um, I, I do all mine on contact paper. Contact paper. Yep. So it's like um, it's sticky on one side, and then it's kind of plasticky on the top. Oh yeah, so the flight that we read would be plastic. So I, yeah, yes. I the, so that you just stick that on the on the jar itself. Yeah, I put it on yes. the flat lid part, the the um the metal lid on those. Yes. I typically uh-huh. put the label there uh, uh-huh. because some of my jars have texture to them. Yes. Yeah. And then well, I'm able to rinse, and then um I can wipe off the inside of the lid but I'm still able to put the jar in the dishwasher or wash it in between filling it. So, yes. or I could just even get another jar, put that one, you know, if I need it now and my uh-huh. other one is empty, I can just grab out a clean jar, put it in there and then put the metal lid on that jar. Where do you buy And I always on? get, uh, you can buy them anywhere. She, um, she such a, I know Target has them, Walmart has them, Costco has them seasonally. Um, okay. It's typically in um, the canning section, and okay. you can get like a flat of a dozen of them for like less than t- around ten dollars, depending on the size of the jars. Um, some things like vanilla, I just keep it in a little jelly jar, and uh-huh. I um, I actually make my own vanilla, so I just pour it from the larger jar into the smaller jelly jar. Uh huh. Well, that's, so, those are, those you are can really just good. keep jars from stuff that you buy yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, you know, so, so you would do the same, same way, like with your bacon soda and bacon powder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could definitely do that. And those I just kind of keep in their own container. The baking powder or soda, I don't. Um, I put that into a jar. But the baking soda, I keep it in the jar or in the container it's already in because it has a very distinct shape to it. The ones I buy uh-huh. anyways. Yes. Um, and then cornstarch. I put that in. I have a jar with cornstarch in it uh-huh. and that's labeled um, okay. because the I didn't like the container. It came in. It wasn't so it's as baking easy. Soda. So it was it's a box. baking soda that you keep in its original, right? Baking soda. Yes, I keep in it. No, 
Baking powder, I keep it powder, as the original. Yeah, and yeah, baking definitely. soda, I because I buy my baking soda at Costco yeah. because yeah. I use baking soda a lot when I clean uh-huh. as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. So baking well, soda. I, so I it comes plenty. in a giant five-pound bag when right. I buy okay. it. I have, I have a uh, several containers, several plastic containers in my pantry because I've got shelves but no divisions within the shelves. So I put, I have my containers labeled uh, baking or cans, canned foods, uh, like that. Awesome. So, but it can still be a problem because I still have to go digging through the, through the things and read the labels. You would have that problem even if you had it with jars. You so still have that, to go yeah. through them. Yeah. So, um, and like Tori said, you don't have to go buy jars. You could use an old salsa jar or, you know, those types of containers that you may already have on hand. Yeah. And also one thing yeah. I was going to share is sometimes, uh, like, if I'm wanting to pour some oil and stuff, like I don't have the jars, but I really like that idea. I pour a, a substantial amount in a bowl and then I get my member's measuring cup or measuring spoon and get it from there. But, and then what's remaining, so I'm not wasting, I get a funnel and then pour it back. What's in That's the bowl. actually how I do it. Yeah, I do it that way so that I'm not wasting so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Heidi thanks. has her hand up. Okay. Hey, Heidi. Thanks, Cheryl. Hey, guys. Another Hi, place Heidi. you can actually get jars um, is at Goodwill. Yeah, I was going to mention that. That's a good too. idea. Or a thrift store. Or a thrift shop, yep. And you can get very interesting ones and decorative ones, if you're into that, for different crafting as well as for um, cooking. And you can so. combine the two and make stuff and put it in jars and then give it as gifts. There you mm -hmm. go. See? Yeah. And Herbie, even you can do that. I know that. I'm trying to get him to come to a crafting call. He's just craftily getting out of it. <laughs> well, we won't let him now, will we? <laughs> oh, boy. You mean, you, you act, okay. Speaking, speaking of which, actually, Herbie. Yes. They agree with me that cooking counts as crafting. So we will schedule you for that interview. All right. Sounds good. See, I knew I'd get him on a craft call somehow. <laughs> All right. Well, just get with my agent and oh, wait a minute. You are my agent. Oh dear. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I am. I'm gonna have to do as I'm I'll told. Talk okay. to myself. Okay, I'll talk to myself. All right. <laughs> Roberta has her hand up, and then Darcy has someone in Clubhouse. So Roberta. Hi, Roberta. Good. Good morning. Um, I deal with oil a little bit differently. Um, I keep my vegetable and olive oil in the refrigerator so that it's cold and I hold my measuring cup over my bowl or over a bowl and I pour, I hold the measuring cup from the top. So my hand is over the top of the cup and I put the contain the opening of the oil container between my fingers and I can feel the oil because it's cold. Well, that's yeah. great. So that's a great way to do it. That's another option. I do have to let the olive oil sit out for a little <laughs> while until it isn't too because it, it solidifies in the fridge. But yeah, um, but that's the way I do it. Just another idea. Awesome. 
Thank you. Okay, Darcy, who do we have in Clubhouse? We have Holly. You don't know how to unmute, uh, but, uh, you know, might, might want to figure nice it out. nice to her. It's her first time. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that, uh, oh, oh, I... Can you guys hear me now? Now we can, yeah! yes. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the dogs are excited. So yes. <laughs> I don't know what I everything was set right. I just went in and checked my settings again and now it seems to be working. So I don't know. <laughs> Club deck, right? Yep. Um, so so uh I was saying before it would let me unmute that I came in late, so um I missed some stuff. Actually, first of all, I agree, Turby, you need to come on the crafting calls and get crafty because it's a lot of fun and you might realize that you're a crafty person and you didn't even know it. So I'm just saying. Um, it definitely happens. Well, I've roped him <laughs> in for an interview anyway, so I got, I'm going to get him on the crafty chat. There you go. So um, I missed the liquid discussion about jars, and I was curious, like vanilla in a jar, would that not be harder to work with? So I was kind of curious how that work works for you. Like, uh, and I know so I missed some of it. Yeah, so you can, the reason I put it into a jar, rather than having to pour it out of the bottle, I'm able to scoop it out with the measuring cup, uh, spoon. I suppose that makes sense. And it, yeah. it's small enough that it doesn't get on your hands and stuff, and it you can still, yeah, yeah that makes sense, actually. I might try that. <laughs> <laughs> See, vanilla is one of those things I don't measure. I just put a bunch in and hope it turns out good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um and my can Sometimes, opener, I don't know. Though you have to, because Kayla's vanilla is in a jar because she makes it herself. Yeah, oh, so it doesn't oh, come in a container. Oh, the, okay, pour. okay. That, that, that but I always sense. add extra vanilla because it, yeah. Yes. All right, now let's hear about your amazing can opener there, uh, Holly. So I don't remember what it's called. Um, I got it at Walmart, and I, I'd seen them. Uh, well, actually, my I had a, someone come and work with me a little bit on cooking, and she brought it. I don't know where she got it, but... Um, it, instead of cutting the can like in the middle of the lid and you have like the metal sharp edges, it cuts the whole top of the can off. Um, and you, it, I don't know what it's called though. And I was going to look and see if I could find out what it was called before I came on here and talked about it. But um, it's really cool. <laughs> I think you can get it at Maxi Aids too. Like I think it's, it's available in some of the accessible um, like cooking uh websites too but it's really i like it because um and if you you can use the lid like to drain stuff from the can easier i find because it's the whole top instead of you know the middle part and um there's no sharp edges you, when you yeah yeah no sharp you, edges which is cool and you can put the lid back on if you want you know I, I don't know i like it i think it's cool and like i said i don't remember what it's called but um it does sound cool i want one yeah I can, I'll, I'll go at some point and look and see what it's called, and then I can come back on and tell you right. what it's actually called. But it's and if you're able to give a live demonstration, you know, that could be kind of cool, too. I mean, I'm not, nothing, we're not putting the any pressure on you or anything. I'll like tell you what, Holly will come and do a demonstration if you come to a proper crafting call. I don't know if that lends itself well to the audio. <laughs> I'm opening the can, I'm turning the thing, I'm turning, and here we are. <laughs> there you and go. Well, it's good practice. <laughs> well, I will see about coming on a crafty call. It won't be on Friday. I'll tell you that much because unless you guys want to change the time a little bit, you know, a little earlier in the day, it'd be nice, you know, so. 
<laughs> you know, and you ever thought about having it at 9 a.m. Central? No, that that would be a good time for a crafty call. I'm just saying. Well, no. it is at 9 a.m. Um, oh, Pacific. Hush. Pacific, yeah. Yeah. Well, so is my Dice World Club, so. <laughs> yes, but you can be and, like, and, and Darcy And Darcy was, is going to. multitask. And, and Darcy is going to kill me if I have him keep score again, so I kind of can't. Not go. for a Volute tournament. It, <laughs> oh, oh, well, if you're we'll going to make We'll just make sure that it's not a Volute tournament. Well, it we'll is just this make week, sure though. it's Yahtzee that day. Okay? Oh, it's okay. It won't be this week. It won't be till August. Um, yeah, okay. And I will say for Club, I'm having a weird issue with Club Deck where hitting uh, VO Space on the Bring On Stage doesn't seem to work, and I've had to use the mouse. So what that means, if you... Because someone raised their hand up before, and I couldn't get them on stage, and they raised, they lowered it again. So if you want to raise it again, I will I'll give it another shot. So, All right, Club Deck is having all sorts of fun issues. <sighs> okay, guys. Let's... Yeah, I'm okay, booking you in for August's crafty chat there, Herbie. All right, August Crafty Chat. Okay, so we'll make sure that it's a bullet tournament that week. Um, so Darcy, and then um, you can figure out how you can do an interview and also do a tournament at the same time because you're. Oh, that, that, awesome. you, well, that, see, see that one. I will actually be focused on the interview, not on the. That there are limits. I can multitask when it comes to things. I have to listen to, or if it doesn't require me talking like constantly, but. Um, you do, wait, there's things that don't require and, you to talk constantly, and you do them? I know. That other uh, Clubhouse person is on stage now, if you want to take their... All right, Mitchell, I think it was. No, wait, actually, it's Linda. Oh. It was Mitchell, Linda. now okay. it's Linda now. Hey, Linda. Uh, okay, Linda, Linda, yay. So the tech gremlins are hanging out in Clubhouse today. It would appear no, so. actually, Linda, now that I'm thinking about it, I could actually make use of you on a cooking call, too, because you did this for iBug a couple years ago, but if you'd actually want to come and demo your instapot to some time um on the, the quick oh there she is hello there, there you, you are. are hi um i love mason jars in fact that's my maiden name <clears throat> or was my maiden name did you make the mason? jars or uh... or jar no no unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> i'm teaching um, Kayla good stuff here a couple of tips I have is when I'm measuring um, vanilla, I'll put it like in a five ounce Dixie cup and dip my measuring spoon into it. And then I can squeeze the um, um, cup and make it pointy. And then I can pour it back into the, to the bottle. And then with my flour, I'll take my flour container and set it in the sink. And make sure that the faucet is turned to the other sink, <laughs> and I will dip my flour there. And if it makes a mess, it's just in the sink. And another thing I do is um, I use foam letters to mark my spices, like for garlic salt. I'll put a G and an S on the bottle, and that way it's raised up, and, and I know what it is. Awesome. Oh, there That's you a good go. Tip. Yep. Um, so Linda, I don't know if you heard me or not, you know, I was just thinking, you know, if you ever want to, uh, uh, do a live demonstration of your Instapot, you know, similar to like what you did for iBug a couple years ago, um, we could definitely maybe arrange for that if that's something that interests you. So, um, if it is get in touch and I'll get you on the schedule. Yep. Cause that is definitely um, cooking related. I have to think about that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, definitely think about it. But uh, I think yeah. they're booked through August anyway, so you have a little bit of time. Yeah, you, you, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you've got time. Be September, so. Yep. So you got time to think about it, but uh, you know uh, we'd uh, love to have you if uh, you're interested. So, um, Linda well, showed us that. You're welcome. Linda did a demonstration for uh, another organization I'm part of, iBug, for the cafe a couple of years ago on uh, her instant uh, pot. So, um, and I did not have a cooking corner at the time, so I couldn't invite her on at the time to demo it on mine too. So uh, there you go. Um, anyway, on that note, uh, do we have any other questions on either platform? No hands here in Zoom. All right, so <clears throat> I want to kind of move into my pantry, and I was telling you guys, my pantry, um, I have a small pantry in my kitchen where I keep, like, chips and snacky-type foods, um, but um, in my pantry too, but, you know. <laughs> in my laundry room, um, I used to have a coat closet in there, um, and I live in Arizona, so I do not need a coat closet. <laughs> And so I converted that closet into a pantry and put um, a bunch of shelves in there that go across the entire um, the entire um, uh, closet area, which is probably about, I don't know, three foot or so. And so each shelf has its own purpose, basically. So all my baking supplies, um, my chocolate chips, my flour that isn't in the container on my counter, those types of things are all on one shelf, um, kind of keeping them organized. Um, and then I have my dry ingredients such as rice and beans and those types of things are on a separate shelf. Um, and I separate them with baskets I got from the dollar store. So um, again, I'm short. So um, it's easier for me to pull down a basket um, they're plastic baskets and I have braille labels on it that says rice and beans and, you know, for different ingredients such as that. And so that keeps them kind of organized because a lot of those items come in plastic bags. And so it just helps keep it all together. And then like when I want it, I can just pull it down and grab out what I want and put it back up. Um, for my canned goods, um, I... Um, they, on the grocery sh store shelf where I shop, um, they have these little, um, they, they hold like 12 cans or like little cardboard boxes that go about um, maybe a third of the way up the cans. And so um, I just bought a dozen of different foods and took the boxes and put them in there. <laughs> and then I just... I, uh, I take the, I, I just put labels on the boxes themselves. So corn, green beans, and so on and so forth. Um, and then when I'm putting away the groceries, um, the, the people who help me, my kids, my husband and myself, we just put those items back into those same boxes so that I just have um, the shelves kind of lined with those with them, rather than putting an individual label on each camp. Um, because I'm lazy, and that's way easier for me. So that's kind of how I got the boxes, is I, I, I kind of stole them, um, but they didn't care. So it's all good. I'm <laughs> just like, I want them all. So, but that has really helped keep my, um, my cans organized, 
because before I had the boxes, I would organize them, but then someone would move, you know, would push one out of the way to get to another one. And then that's in a different row now and would be confusing for me. So this way, um, that whole area, that little section of the pantry is all that one type of uh, canned item. It's like that. Oh, I mean, and my husband have our stuff separated because then he doesn't move my stuff. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how I did my pantry. Um, for some of the tools that I use often in my kitchen, the first one is my Lady A or my Echo device. Um, she comes in really handy. I can set a timers. Um, I can ask, hey, how long should I cook this for? Um, I want to make this. Give me a recipe. Um, so there's a lot you can do with those. Um, it's also nice that you can say, uh, set a timer for five minutes for rice. Um, so if I'm cooking multiple items at a time, um, it will let me know, you know, oh, the timer for the rice, you need to, you know, kind of prompts me on which timer is going off for what. So that's really helpful. Um, I also use a talking thermometer to check my meat. Um, to make sure it is done most of the time. Um, so that that really, and I use this, I, I also use a talking therm the talking thermometer when I'm making candy and stuff like that um, because I have to have the ingredients to a specific temperature to have it set. So, um, so when I make my caramels and those types of things. Um, I also do have a talking scale so that I can weigh out my ingredients and Tori kind of talked about that earlier. Um, sometimes recipes are not given directly, you know, in cups, but in, in weight. And so um, I can put the bowl on, push the button, cash it. So it's at zero. So that bowl isn't being counted as the weight. And then um, I can put in my ingredients, cash it again, and then put in my next ingredient. And then it will be just for what I'm adding at that time. So every time I add an ingredient, get it where I want it to be, I zero it out. So it's starting again at zero. So I don't have to math. Um, <laughs> so I do have some Braille measuring cups and spoons. However, I, I just kind of stack my measuring cups up. Um, when I put them in my drawer, so the quarter cups inside the third cup, inside the half cup, inside the one cup. Um, and I'm, I like I said, I do have some that are Braille, but um, typically I, you know, I only have one set and sometimes I need more than just the one set. So I do have some that I just stack like that. Same with my measuring spoons. So, and I keep them in the same drawer, my measuring cups and measuring spoons. However, I do have a plastic container inside the drawer that I put my measuring spoons in. So they're kind of all gathered together rather than being all over in the drawer. So I kind of keep my drawers um, organized like that. I have dividers in them um, and such. <clears throat> um, I have a tiny bit of vision. Um, I wouldn't say it's very usable, but I do have high contrast cutting boards. Um, I also, my husband installed lights underneath my cabinets to just give me a little bit more, um, a, you know, a little bit more light for what I can use. Um, I can tell that there's something dark on something light. I can't tell what it is. I, like I don't have enough vision to tell that, but I can see there's something there um, if it is high contrast. So I do use, um, those types of things. So um, 
like so I have one side of the cutting board is black and one side is white type of a thing um, when I'm cutting foods that are like juicy or like liquidy um, so say like a watermelon or something like that I uh, will take my cutting board and I will put it inside a cookie sheet so that when those juices for that watermelon start to flow they're all staying in that cookie sheet and so I'm not having it run down my counter or onto the floor or anything like that. And then after I'm done cutting it up, I will, um, I can just rinse it off and not have to like make sure I, I got it all the sticky Your dogs are super up. disappointed. They, they do. Yeah. Well, They're not even allowed will... in the kitchen. So see, see, when I see, cook. <laughs> see, I'm lazy. I, ju I just buy the stuff that's already caught up, cut up. Yeah. You know, so I have a watermelon cutter. Um, so, um, I, and an apple, I, I'm sure most of you have seen an apple core. Yep. So it's a, it has a handle on each side and there's a blade in between the two handles and it has like eight sections and then a circle in the center. Um, so you can cut your apples into slices. So I have one of those and I really enjoyed that, but I have a giant one that you can do the exact same thing with a watermelon. And so what one of the apple ones? Uh-huh. I was going to say, you know, one of the problems I've had with the apple core in the past is if the apple's too big, you know, I've almost broken a core with it. But um, yeah. so I wonder if the watermelon one. So those Honeycrisp ones, with, with yeah. the Honeycrisp apples get you giant. You can get, um, they don't do the segment part, but you can get apple cores that only do the core. And then if the apple's bigger, it doesn't matter so. Well, there you, you just go. like push it through as you're pushing it as you're pushing it down to get the core you keep pushing it through and um it comes out the other side pushing the core with it right now with watermelon now granted i'm the only one that eats it in our household so that could be a factor too i, I just get the pre-cut yeah. stuff um but that but then too i am the only one that eats it so i don't have to worry yeah about see i have a house full of people who will eat it so yeah <laughs> it goes that, pretty that, that's, here well, you know, and that's really interesting. Sometimes when thing, figuring out household purchases in general, like, okay, who are you buying for? Because if you're buying for yourself, you can sometimes cut corners versus if you're having to do things more in bulk. So whether you go. Yeah, yeah. but sometimes, because it depends how much you eat something. Because like, if you're somebody who's going to eat a whole watermelon in a week, then, you know, go ahead and get the whole one. But if you're yep. just someone who's going to have a little bit and then you're done, then yeah. I mean, the container is gone in like two days usually. You know, it's one yeah. of those big containers, especially in the summertime. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, have you ever frozen your watermelon chunks and eaten oh, them frozen? That's pretty if you good. Haven't, too. You definitely should. I should. Yeah. I should. Grapes as well. Great thing to have on a really yeah. Grapes are a yeah. great one. I I freeze those for the tortoise sometimes because it helps to cool him down as well. Yeah. All right. The ones I don't. The ones that I don't eat. <laughs> ones you don't eat. All right. Um. And, uh, and and if your dog to talk, if I could try barking out the window again, um, you know, <laughs> if, if you want to see that would help. It might be different different people over here, so they, they wouldn't know that I'm crazy, but, uh, you know. <laughs> I think they already know. So, okay. <laughs> moving on, unless we have any hands, Desi. No hands right now. Okay. So I also use cookie sheets often when I'm putting stuff in the oven to put it on um, just in case, like if I'm doing a casserole and I'm by 13 pan, I'll put it on a cookie sheet and put it in the oven yep. um, for two reasons. One, um, if it spills, if it boils over, fall, you know, if that happens, it all falls onto the pan. 
And for two, I find it easier for me to take the cookie sheet out of the oven um, rather than trying to pick up the nine by 13. Um, I've missed a couple times and gotten the food on my oven mitt and, and things like that. So it, it makes it a lot easier for yeah. me. I'm with um, you 100% when, on that. Yeah, yeah. And when I'm putting things in my oven, um, I will put it on the stovetop. I have a flat stovetop. So I'll put the cookie sheet on the stovetop and the pan on it. I center it on top of it. I open my oven and then I all the way. So the door is completely open and then I'll lift it up and put it in the oven. And that's how I do it. Um, and I do the exact same thing when I'm taking it out. So I'll, I know kind of putting my hands on either side of the outside of my stove, I center myself, take a step back, open my oven, and then I can reach in. And that way I, I'm, I'm lined up where I was when I put it in. So it's a lot easier to take it back out of that hot oven. Um, and I always make sure before I turn on my oven, I always make sure my racks are where I want them to be um, because sometimes they'll get moved and whoever moved them didn't put them back. So I always make sure my racks are where I want them to be. Good idea. Um, so that's kind of, I mean, if you're the only cook in the house, then that's probably not an issue for you. Um, but I've had that where I went to put it in. I'm like, where's my rack? My rack should be right here. Why am I not hitting it? Type I'm, of a I'm thing. lucky the only or person in the my house will, doesn't move them. Yeah, or I'll, it'll be just in the wrong place where it, I hit the pan that's on the cookie right. sheet on the rack. And then I'm like, oh, no. And then I don't feel comfortable moving those racks when the oven is hot no, because no, I can't do no. it. So then I find someone else to do it. That is one thing I do not do on my own is move hot racks in the oven. I, I don't want to do that. It's, so it's what I will do is, I mean, I could do it if I really wanted to, but what I would probably try to do is I'll just turn off the oven, leave it open so it'll cool down quicker enough to where I can move the rack. And um, if it, the occasional time it might get moved on me. Another thing I will not do in a hot oven is if anything has actually spilled into the oven itself, like on the coils, I definitely let it cool down first and then I'll go find yeah, the too. item. Yeah. Yeah. And I line the bottom when of I'm my not oven. I'm going to burn with... myself while doing it. Yeah. I have um, tinfoil in the bottom of my oven also there you underneath go. the coils. So Cheryl, good night. Has your hand up, up again. All right, okay. Cheryl. Yes. Uh, Y'all hear me? Yep. Yes, we hear okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My question is, what do y'all consider the safest way to put something in the oven? Uh, like I open the oven and I usually stand, you know, parallel in front of it and just move slowly to the rack that I want. And I have some gloves that I put on that are from. This basically covers it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, this is really a matter of personal preference. I, for instance, I don't use oven mitts to put anything in the oven. Um, I don't either. But some people feel the need to. I sometimes, it, also things like what kind of vision you have could perhaps affect how you do things. And, um, you know, there's just so many different factors that it's a, such a tricky one. But I one thing I do recommend is, like we were just talking about, um, don't move the rack. Always make sure it's in the same place. That I would say is the number one thing that yeah. Um, yeah. is important. Yeah. And whether so, or not you move it, make sure you familiarize yourself with where it is before you put the oven on so that you can sure. have that remem reminder for orientation purposes. 
Uh huh. So basically, uh, y'all don't go in from the side approach to the oven. You just approach it straight no. in front. Yeah, yeah, I center myself in front of the oven. Yeah. Okay. And then I open the door. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Because then I know where that door is. Uh -huh. I do it with one extra step because I center myself in front of the oven. Then I move the dogs and then I put myself back <laughs> in the oven. <laughs> yeah, see, my dogs, will sit. they lay in the doorway to the kitchen. They do not come in the kitchen when I'm cooking. They're, my my yeah. two are pretty Mine good about staying out of the way. But the yeah. one we're currently watching keeps trying to put herself in the oven. Yeah. Well. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Excuse me, just a minute. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Did you say you um, guys don't put oven mitts on when you put stuff in the oven? You don't. I do not. If it's, really? if the pan is no. not, no, I'm daring. The pan itself is not hot, I, and I if don't, you know where yeah. the rack is, okay, then, um, I think I just I've just always done do it, but the, then it kind of scares me a little bit to like I'm a little worried about touching the racks, but I've never tried without. But you I've have, been using might... the same oven for twelve years. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, me too, actually. I've used the same, you know, when you use the same oven, you kind of just know it. And um, yeah, yeah, I've I, I've never, because I just... Low it varies. Uh, right. Because uh, yeah. it depends. Like, on good days when I know that I can, can be moving really well, I will not bother with the oven mitts. But if I'm having days where I know that everything is hard work, then I will use the oven mitts just for safety reasons. Yeah, makes sense. Um, another thing you can do if you're not comfortable with putting things in the oven is just put it in while the oven is cold and then factor in your oven's preheating time. To... I do that one a lot too. Yep. I, so I, I will then like add like an extra five or 10 minutes, depending on yep. if it's something that takes a long time to cook or whatever. Yep. But I will factor in an extra, usually five minutes. Yeah. Um, Onto the, whatever the cooking time is. So the only time I do time. that is when I'm impatient. <laughs> Not because I don't want to put things in a hot oven. I'm just right. like, I'm hungry. I want to put yeah. this in now. <laughs> um, now, the thing that, like, I, you know, I, I will say where I do, like, your cookie sheet idea is good. I just have, like, a thing on the lower rack that will catch things. The thing I don't, like, I mean, I've had to do it because, like, for instance, some of the TV dinners tell you to put it on a, a baking sheet or whatever. For me, I find it's actually a little bit awkward to manage two things. I'm balancing a pan on the... So it actually scares me more to do it that way than just to deal with For me, the just to interrupt pan. you just briefly, um, you have 10 yep. minutes left. All right. Holy schmoly, this went fast. It did. Well, um, I, so do, for me I do Kayla's method. I actually feel safer having that there because I right. feel like I can grab it easier for taking it out without putting my hand in it by accident yeah see I just I, I don't know I, f I find it awkward it's like two things to manage instead of just the one that being said there are times when it makes sense or sometimes now I'll just use the baking sheet as the pan and that actually works out well too yeah um, because I have more room but uh, yeah I, I just it's it may it actually makes me more nervous to do it that way because it's like I have to manage the two things instead of just the one thing and that's rather interesting. It does that... make sense. So, so I will uh, say um the one thing I always put in the oven before it is warm, um, if I am doing something that I have to put like a pan of water in the oven on the bottom rack. Mm -hmm. 
I always put that in there before I start preheating my oven. So like when I make my flan, you have to put the, you have to have a pan of hot water that you put it into. Um, And sometimes when I'm baking bread, I put um, a thing of water in there, um, like a Pyrex with water in it just to um, have more uh, humidity in the oven to keep the bread moist. Interesting. Cheryl, good night. Sand is up again. All right, before we go, real quick, before we go to Cheryl's question, I want to give anybody who's not had a chance to ask questions a chance first. So if you have a question, we've got to run. So now is your last opportunity. So uh, just uh, see if uh, anybody else wants to ask anything first. Here in Zoom, we have no hands. All right, then seeing none, no raised hands, go ahead, Cheryl. You take us out with your last question. Well, Cheryl's figuring out the end meat. Uh, next week we are. Let's see. I think is next week our popsicles and lemonades. Grasshopper. Well, it's more than grasshoppers. That's right. Okay. So, um, have you ever wondered what to do with those grasshoppers that bounce around no. your camp campfire? Oh, no. <laughs> you dip them in chocolate. Exactly. Frozen, frozen <laughs> s'mores and grasshopper cake with Heidi. If you want to know what that is, then you better tune in next week. All right. Yes. Okay. So I guess I can't be talking about roasting gra- grasshoppers roasting on an open fire. Uh, that sounds disgusting, no, by the way. Oh, yeah. okay. oh okay. there's Cheryl. All right. My question is that I have, uh, I have a phobia or a fear of knives. Do y'all have any suggestions about that? So that was my next topic that I was going to get to. Um, but I don't. I don't think we have time to go through all of that necessarily no, right now. I we'll might have, have to have come Kayla back because yeah, we I only made to. it through about half my list, so we'll have all to right. do a part. So, and I was worried if I had enough information. So thank you okay, for your interaction. Yeah. So clearly, we need to have Kayla come back and do yeah. Kayla's kitchen tips part two sometime <laughs> in September. <laughs> just Sounds real good. quick, just real quick. Um, you know, like I mean. There could be some psychological issues to really delve into, which we can't on this call for obvious reasons. And so um, when we're dealing with actual phobias and whatnot with knives, I mean, one thing you can do is there are, and I know, I think this is on YouTube, but you know, Carl actually, Tori's brother talked about alternative like choppers and whatnot that uh, you can use. I'll make sure that's uploaded to the YouTube channel. Yes, if it's which not. we can talk more and- about when we have Kayla come back and do her. Yep. Yeah, so I'll give the you other one thing... quick tri- tip. Yes. Um, pizza cutters can be used for other things other than pizza. Oh, Absolutely. So I use a pizza cutter often to cut stuff. Oh, that's a good tip. All right, we're definitely having you have back in here. The other thing you can do, depending on if it's you know works for you or not, is if you do have a real phobia of knives, you know, anything that you can buy pre-chopped, yes, it will cost you a little bit more. And again, it may or may not be practical, but that is another workaround as well for less things that you have to cut. So um, just something else to keep in mind there too. But we will go into uh, tips for knives. Oh, but wow. Um, And other things is Kayla definitely got more interaction than what she bargained for. And, uh, so uh, we'll I'm come back to her. But I, I don't think she's disappointed, though. I don't think she is either. That's Kayla's last name. Can I write to her through the community? Yes. Um, Allen. Kayla Allen. K-A-Y-L-A? Yep. No. K-A-I-L-A. K-A-I and A-L-L-E-N? Yep. Yep. The spelling of her name is in the description for today's call. 
Okay, I will check. I will check that out. And uh, I was going to point out is uh, even though I have the phobia about knives, a friend suggested that I cut up some of the vegetables with scissors, and I'm using just plain old scissors. Yep, that's yep. another option. You can do that too. Great. Um, you know, I guess for me, where I really want to be careful with some of these types of questions is I think there's a difference between like an actual phobia versus like you've never used something before and you're unsure how to do it. And so I, I, definitely... I think I think we will discuss this further when Kayla returns. Yeah. Oh, we will. Um, but in, I was just more generalizing. But um, so anyway, guys, like um. I, so next week, Grasshopper Cake and Frozen S'mores with Heidi. Yep. If uh, you want to reach out to us throughout the week or any time, it does work, by the way. In fact, we had somebody reach out to me today. So uh, you can email community at acb.org, and it actually does get to the proper person. Also, when you write to that list, if you have not done so yet and you're, like, say, listening on ACB Media, make sure that you ask to be added to both the community list and the ACB Cooks list and just say, I'd like to be added to the community list and the ACB Cooks list, please, and include your name and email address, and they will take care of that for you. And, and if you uh, want your turn to be featured on the cooking call, then you want to get in touch with me. So ask them to send an email on to Tori and we will get you scheduled. Yes, indeed. We invite people. We draft people, as you, as you saw with Holly earlier. You know, she she had no clue that we were going to say, hey, you should demonstrate your can opener on the call. Um, that doesn't mean she will, of course. But And Linda. Um, so... <laughs> Um, we also do take into consideration recipes if you don't actually want to make it, but you want us to take the recipe into consideration. We have done that too. So, uh, we're pretty flexible here on the cooking call. My thanks to Dazzling Desi and, uh, Darcy as well. And, um, very good guys. So we got three minutes left. Clay Kayla, any closing comments? Um, I just want to thank everyone for sharing the way they do things. And I look forward to coming back and giving some more tips and tricks and um, kind of going through my process of cooking. So. All right. Well, my agent will get in contact and with the, thank your you people. for coming and being our guest again, Kayla. Yep. So, um, all right. My agent will get in contact with you and uh, we can get you booked probably sometime in September. We'll see you in September. So, uh, yeah. We'll book, we should be able to book her for September. I'll see you right in here. August. And then yeah, we'll see you in August yes. for the cake, for, for the Butterfinger yep. cake. Butterfinger cake, yum. Butterfinger uh, cake. And then we'll see her in September for more kitchen tips. Yep. And that remind, and of course, Tori is going to get in contact with, uh, my agent's already going to be getting, trying to get in contact with somebody else regarding another thing. So, uh, yep. Uh, she, she works behind the scenes there, guys. Um, all right. Well, on that note, um, Kayla, we will um, just uh, end with this. <laughs> take a bow, take a bow, take a bow. That is a really long applause thing. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's how many people have been in here. That, that's all 22 people. That's because everybody loves Kayla. Well, I love all y'all. Yep. All right.